Welcome to Love Talk, Love Talk for Everyday People. Uh, my name is Tracy J. Hines. I am the author of Love Addiction and Affirmations, promoting self-love and self-care can be found on Amazon.com. Tonight I have to my two hosts with me, Leslie Lee and Tel Terry Saleh. Hey ladies, what's happening? Hi, Tracy. Hi, Tracy. Hi, everybody's good? Given the circumstances, yes. You know, a lot going on in the world today. A lot going on. With that said, Terry, I would like to um, ask you to pray for what we're dealing with and the people in Texas. And um, if you would lead that, I'd appreciate it. Sure. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to come to you in prayer. First of all, I thank you for the lives of Tracy Hines and Leslie Lee. I just thank you for their lives and their for their families' lives and just the time that the three of us have to spend together. And as we pray, oh Lord, I'm seeking a special prayer for the families that are in Texas, Uvalde, Texas, for all the families and loved ones that have lost young children and for the two adults that also were um shot and killed last week. It's not even been a week yet. So we're just praying, Lord, that you would in some way be able to comfort them, Lord. I know there's not much peace they can get right now, Lord, but whatever peace and comfort you can provide to the families, uh, that's what we're asking for tonight in prayer, Lord. Um, and as they uncover the investigation and as things fall out, Lord, just continue to hold those families Give them the strength, Lord, to get through this and the support that they need and all of the resources that they would need, Lord. And so I just thank you, Lord, for this time. We're continuing to pray for these families. Our hearts are heavy, um, but we just ask that you would keep them and hold them up. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Terry. You know, preparing for this show, I thought I was going to talk about Buffalo, New York. You know, and and mm. then immediately following that, we have Uvalde, Texas. You know, I just, I'm going to start with Texas because I just can't, for the life of me, fathom, you know, me being in that position. I don't know that I I would ever survive that. And I, my heart aches. I cried many tears for this situation. My heart aches because I think about those parents that argued with their kids that morning, get up, you're running late. And the kids are like, ah, I don't want to go to school. You know, we've all dealt with that with our kids. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you live through that? It's just heavy. It's very heavy. Yeah, it's tough. I haven't been able to sleep a couple of nights. Those first couple of nights, I, you know, I wake up and I was thinking about that situation because I just think about my great niece who's six and, you know, God forbid something like that happened at her school. And I just remember when we were 10 years old in elementary school, you know, it was just, we were just innocent kids and, you know, you're trying to make sense of why this person would do it, but it's, it's, it's mental illness. I mean, how, I how do you make buy sense? mental illness? I don't know that I buy mental illness. I, I just, there's so many people around the world suffering from mental illness, but mm. only here in America does mental illness take you to a school to, um, you know, murder innocent children. It just—I mm -hmm. don't even know if mental illness fits a, has a place in this in this thing. Yeah, hatred. yeah. Hatred. Yeah, I just—it's—it's it's beyond. I mean, there's no words that can be said at this time that makes sense. And I just—I'm just pissed with this country. I'm annoyed. <laughs> I am so upset that. We don't. We won't do anything about it mm. as a nation. Our lawmakers, we just are not going to do anything about it. And, and the same people that don't want to do anything about, you know, controlling guns are the same people that want to have control of a women's uterus. And it doesn't make sense to me. Why don't all the lives matter? I, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. You want to be pro-life for the unborn. But the ones that are here, well, we can, you know, not worry about that. It's, it's just crazy to me. I don't know. And it just, it doesn't destroy 
those 19 people or those 19 students and two teachers, it destroys a community. It destroys a family. There was a husband who just died of a heart attack Mm -hmm. because his wife was one of the teachers and he just, the grief was just too much and he just died. And, and, and it just destroys a whole community. And it was such a small community. So these people probably all in some kind of way, just like how we grew up back in, in Hempstead and Uniondale, in some kind of way, you knew somebody that knew somebody that knew somebody. So they all kind of know each other Mm -hmm. in some kind of way. And then as the stories unfold and they start to do the investigation, I am so sick of these police officers claiming to be police officers wanting to be respected and they want everyone to take them seriously, but it was your job to go in. That's right. your job. I'm sorry. That's what you signed up for. You signed up you for that. Are, your, they were cowards, if you ask me. Cowards. And they spent more time holding parents back, putting people in handcuffs. Yeah. Yeah. They spent a lot of time doing that, but not, not enough time down on the ground and all kinds of nonsense. The people that the parents that wanted to go and get their babies, mm-hmm. and had they let go to get their babies, they may have saved their babies because he was outside for quite a long time before he went in. And there's even a, a story. I don't know if it's been proven or if it's true. We don't know that one of the officers ran in and got his kid. Oh, really? I didn't hear that. So it's one of the officers had children in the school. I heard that story, but I don't know, like you said, how much I truth there is. To it. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's horrible. It's just, I can't imagine what is it going to take? It wasn't enough in Newtown. It wasn't enough for Columbine. It wasn't enough for that school in um, Florida. The wasn't shady. Enough. What was that? Shady Brook. That was the other school. There's so know. many. The list goes on. Yeah. What do we do? We're growing accustomed to it. And the politicians are, they even know to speak now. They go out, they say their prayers. They, you know. Yeah, they have the political correct thing to do. But what do we do? It's not correct anymore. It's not correct. Well, to to them it is. It's it's never been correct. To them it is. But what do we do? You know, as, as, as everyday people, what do we do? How do we change that? Well, I mean, you know, you can try and change it through the system, you know, by making sure that your your vote matters. But, you know, there's just so many states where gun laws are more important than people. So, you know, until there are enough people that really consider this an issue voting, nothing's going to change. And there's just so many states where guns are the priority. They want to yeah. have that what is it? Which I forgot which amendment it is to bear arms. Yeah, but, I don't remember the amendment number either. But they they want that, you know, and that's in the Constitution, and they don't want that. It, we're not saying you can't bear arms, but we need a little bit. We need to tighten up a little bit, you know. This it's harder to get a driver's license than it is to buy a gun. Well, you know, so not many- even you, you're at eighteen. They won't even allow you to buy a drink, but you can buy a gun. Right. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And it's the type of gun, right? So the AR-15 was created as a result of after the um, Vietnam, was it Vietnam or Korean? I don't know. One of those wars. It was probably the last one, Vietnam. And they were such trouble. They had such trouble firing their weapons during the war, so they came up with this this machines machine gun that's designed to kill or you know show, shoot off multiple rounds. So that mm-hmm. that is a gun for war. Yeah, that AR fifteen is war. It's you're yeah. war ready. You are using that to kill a multitude of people at the same time. That is not something that anyone needs to own. So it's the type of guns that people have. Exactly. I mean, I own a gun. Red flags. I mean, I I saw some um, timelines, you know, all the things that he did that were warnings, which just seemed like no one was was watching the warnings. It's just sad. Well, they just arrested a 10-year-old today. 
because well, they did. he was threatening to go shoot up a school. I don't know if it was his school, but they took his butt out of the house with um, handcuffs on. And I'm like, okay, maybe something's going to happen. Now. I think that they need to really start looking at the family as a whole. Who are these parents and guardians that claim that they don't know anything that's going on with their child? That's a bunch of bullshit. I, I kind of agree with you there because I raised two kids and I knew what was going on. And if I thought something crazy was happening, I was all in their business, trying to figure it out, finding out what's going on. Or they couldn't leave the house. Stay home. You can't go nowhere. If I think you're doing something crazy. Well, this mom was on drugs. So she clearly did not know what was going on because she was too busy drugging out. That's why he was with his grandmother. And right. that's why there needs to be more accountability on the parents, guardians, unfortunately. I mean, th just think about it. They were willing, and I don't know, it, it might even still exist, when kids are truant, in some cases, like they drag the parents through, yeah. and now you're in trouble, right? And yeah. who does that really affect? That mainly affects people of color, a, a, a certain socioeconomic class. These people that have these guns, that can buy guns for their kids, where the hell did an eighteen-year-old get his hands on thirty-five hundred dollars or four thousand dollars to buy all of this artillery and exactly. and and weapon? And where are? Because I didn't have that kind of money when I was eighteen, and I didn't have access, yeah. and I couldn't go ask my mom or my grandparents for that kind of money. They would be mm -hmm. like, "Are you out of your flipping mind?" It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Just, it's just the stuff like, where are the parents and guardians? Like, I'm not the it, it, whenever it's. And we don't, I don't know the race of this person from Texas, but it seems like when it's um, young white boys, it's always this, you know, we got to give him a pass. He needed help. It was mental illness. No, he had crazy ass parents that either supported all of his efforts or they just turned a blind eye knowing that there was something going on. Right. Sometimes these parents living in fear against their kids. But um, I'm going to move on to this and I don't want to like gloss over the, you know, the supermarket <laughs> shooting in Buffalo either, because I think that was tragic. And uh, those people also have a place in my heart, you know, that I'm just feeling so unsafe. The more things like this that happen to my people, it's hard. It's hard to deal that there's so much hatred. You know, I just can't wrap my arms around you know, why the hate is so intense. I, I just can't understand. Well, why. you know, this, this hate has been here. It's <laughs> it not a brand new hate. Right. <laughs> this hate's been here since before we got, well, when we got here on slave ships. Yes. So I know it's, it's not brand new hate, but I still. The, what is it? They brought us over here initially in the 1600s. Yeah. So it's been going on since the 1600s. I, and then I, it, got, I it intensified when slavery ended and, you know, we weren't even considered human. So this, this is not new. It's the only difference now is people are getting their hands on guns and they're able to organize on social media and they're able, able to join these uh, chat rooms where they are just spewing hate. You couldn't do that before in the privacy of your bedroom join a chat room that's full of hate. You couldn't do that before. You couldn't do that in the eighties when we grew right. up. Right. It's just crazy though. It's just crazy to me. You know, I want to be talking about loving people and being kind to people and this kind of hate. I just couldn't imagine hating anyone or any group of people so much that I would just go into a supermarket and just randomly just start, you know, taking people well, out. That starts with self-hatred. Don't you think? So, you know, Terry, I think so. I think it does start with self-hatred. And I also think it comes from generations of hate too. You know, mm -hmm. teaching mm -hmm. hate generation after generation after generation. Yeah. You know, someone's got to be brave. From, it also comes from uh, um, when we were first brought over here, they took great lengths, they meaning white people, to distinguish that there was a difference. Yeah. So mm -hmm. they wrote in their medical journals, in their philosophy journals, and 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 all kinds of scientific information that, in their guesstimation, proves like this dark skin means this, white skin means that, and it really.
doesn't mean anything, but when you buy into it because of your social class, right? So people benefit from being white. So when you buy into it, you're not going to let it go because you like that whole idea of that this is better. This fake is better. news. Fake news. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fake so news. that's why it's never going to That's why it's never going to end because people buy into that. That that whiteness is for some reason for them better or good. I know that I was watching um, Tiffany Cross yesterday and she had a panel on and the question was asked, like, if you had somebody gave you a million dollars a day, where would you move to? To get to get away from all this hatred and vitriol. They hate us here. They hate us. And it doesn't matter how much you asking black people where they would move. Yeah. Okay. And what was some of the answers? It doesn't matter how much you've achieved in your life. There's somebody here that just hates you because you're black. Period. There's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do. You can have six figures. You can make, you know, have a big, beautiful house, have the best children at the best schools and have all the fine designer clothes. And still, you can't change your skin. So you're still hated. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, in yeah, my I'm in my quest, anywhere. I'm not going nowhere because our ancestors built this country. That was free labor. Terry's gangster. You hear that? She said, "I'm not." That's going what um, Tiffany Cross uh, kind of alluded <laughs> you, to. She I, said that, I, you don't need to give me no money. You can go, go take your own self to the moon. She go said that moon. she would go to South Africa, but she's like you, Terry. She said, for the most part, like, why should I leave? You know, this is where I'm comfortable. I think it's if almost like you're, gave... giving, you're you're validating them by me leaving. No, yeah. I yeah. own this I would, country just as much as you do. I would consider some place like Africa. Like when I went to visit Ghana, I'm like, this feels good. Being over yeah. here feels good. Like just being in a space and time where you look around and everything is black. Everything, everything yeah. Everything is black. I think that was why I loved um, Jamaica so much. I just, I, I love it there. I loved vacationing there and going out and getting into the town because that's what I see. Everybody looks like me and, you know, you don't feel the hate. And there's a feeling, whether people want to admit it or not, there's absolutely a feeling that you get in some neighborhoods more than others. But anyway, I'm not going to go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. Yesterday, my husband and I, we were going to the grocery store to pick up a few items. And we Mm -hmm. saw the strangest thing. On one end of the parking lot, there was a white, a woman that appeared to be white, right? With her little girl. They had their sign out. They're begging for money. And then on the other side of the parking lot was this white man in his, all his homeless garb sitting down begging for money i'm like where did they come from we do not live in a neighborhood that public transportation is to your access walking is not even to your access where the hell did they come from who drove what car in that parking lot did they drive up in and set up shop to beg i'm like wait a minute i i i I really wanted to know how they felt like you were being punked. No, I want to know how they got into this neighborhood and why is it somebody calling? Like, should I have called the police? Like, I don't want them in my neighborhood. I couldn't, we can't set up shop in white neighborhoods and sit around begging and carrying on. Listen, some people that is a job that is their full time job. They they drive around, They, they probably had a car in that parking lot. They probably got out and they assumed they're like I've, I've seen it advertised, not advertised. I didn't like it one bit. I didn't like it. So needless to say, they didn't get anything from you. No, not no. at all. No. <laughs> one cent. No. So in my quest to try to get away from all of this heavy stuff, you know, I start looking to watch shows that I can binge on and kind of get some feel-good stuff. And I came across um, the show Black Love. Now, it's already got like four or five seasons in. I think they're working on the fifth seasons, getting ready to come out. But I had not watched it. I didn't know anything about it. So I went and did some research. I found this article that I thought was pretty interesting. And I think um, 
Not I think. I asked a couple of people to join tonight because I want to talk a little bit about um, Black Love. But that particular show, a few episodes that I watched, I felt with. I felt like the couples were candid. I didn't, you know, I wasn't looking for something like the Atlanta Housewives and how they go at each other. I wanted to find something that was more of a feel good. And I don't know if you guys had a chance to take a look or looked at it. Yeah, I've seen a couple episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on them? Oh, yeah. I mean, like you said, they're candid. They talk about all their struggles. Um, I haven't caught the last season. I think I watched the first two seasons. Yeah. Yeah, I like the show. And, you know, all of them have different topics. The different episodes are on different ones on money, ones on, you know, having children, you know. It it was believable. For me, it was believable. So I was kind of happy about uh, watching that and getting involved in that. So with that, I also um, had asked a few people to join um, this evening just because, you know, whenever we talk about love and relationships, I'm always the odd man out. You two married ladies and me and my singleness. So I asked some other single people to join um, this evening. So maybe we can have a little chit chat and talk about what it's like being single, being black in 2022, and is there black love still left for us single people? So you guys feel free to join in and ask any questions, or even give advice since you guys, Leslie and Terry, have been married and still married for together combined, is it what, 65 plus years? Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I'm 35 I'm, in June. Yeah, see, so y'all, y'all have something to add to this. So the first person I want to introduce is Jay Taylor. Are you there, Jay? I am. Can you hear me? We can. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? Good. Jay is um, a chef, and he is a single dad of two children. Jay, you want to tell us how old you are? I am uh, 38. 38. All right, let's see who else is here. So we'll hold standby, Jay. We're going to come back to you and get some questions for you. Uh, and the next guest is Janice Smith. Janice, are you there, Janice? Good oh. evening. Good evening. Janice is also single. I don't think Janice has ever been married. And no children. She has pups, though. So those are her babies. <laughs> and Janice is a banker. Janice, do you want to tell us how old you are? Certainly. I am 58 years young. Fantastic. Fantastic. So there's a nice wide range. And another guest I asked was Jeanette Taylor. Are you there, Jeanette? So we'll move down. And another guest I asked was Tiffany Yates. Hi, Tiffany. Hello, Tracy. How are you? I am fine. Now, Tiffany is also single. And she is a mother of four. Tiffany, I have that right? Uh, four and one that I inherited. Yes. So Tiffany is a mother of five right now. And she is single. Um, so we're going to come back to uh, Tiff- Tiffany. What do you do for a living, if you don't mind me asking? I'm a senior corporate recruiter for a technology company. Okay. And uh, have you been married before? twice i'm currently married we've just we've been separated for five years so oh that's gonna be interesting that's gonna be interesting and you want to tell us your age uh i'm happily 49 so i'm looking forward to the big five zero next year okay all right so um i've asked these single people here because i lately i also see a lot of information on the internet about being married and um if you're not married then your life is over or if you're a woman and you're still single you know you're left over um i wanted to 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 take a look at this one gentleman who also recently just passed kevin samuels you know when he passed i had no idea who he was. Embarrassed a little bit to say, but I really didn't know who he was. So I went back to see what was all this commotion about and why was he so loved? And I still don't know why he was so loved. Well, I guess I do know why, but I'm just totally not in agreement with some of his principles. I found him to be a little, you know, superficial and standoffish and rude among many other things. Before we talk about Kevin, I just want to ask the single people, are you all happily single? 
I am Tracy. This is Janice. Okay. Tiffany, what about you? Yeah, I'm I'm and I'm happily single and to me that's almost the problem because I am happily single. Okay. And Jay, what about you? I'm I'm happily single. I mean everybody would like I guess I can oh, I can only say I I would like I would enjoy companionship at times. But I'm happy where I'm at. Okay. And how long have you been single, Janice? I have been single now since 2018. So going on four years. Tiffany, how long have you been? Well, I know you're married, but how long have you been singly married? I'm, I'm only, yeah, I'm only, uh, I am only legally married, but it's like I've been single now since June of 2017. So almost exactly five years. Okay. And um, I've been single for a long time as well. So I can probably date all of you, go back to maybe like 2000, maybe it's Tiffany, about 2017 since my last serious dating bout. So I'm happy single also, also. Is anybody dating on this call? No, I no. not. So if you were to date, um, how would you find a date or where would you go to look for a date? Are we bar people? Are we club people? What are we, are we just hoping that something happens in the supermarket or at Home Depot? You, you know what? I know a lot of people online date, which I've tried it on several occasions, but I have been very unlucky in love with, with online dating. Um, um so I, I try to meet people more organically, you know, like out, you know, out in public. But you know, the, I'm seeming to find that the older we get, the smaller that dating pool, you know, is getting, and it, it's 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 a challenge. It's very much a challenge. Yeah, I, I find the same thing. I find it's a challenge. Um, I do online dating, and I hope to meet organically because I think. Um, that may work better for me, but I don't have any luck with online dating. I seem to attract um, what I'm not interested in. Um, what about you, Janice? Are you dating at all? I am not dating currently. I have been a proponent of online dating for quite some time, but lately I find that it's become a little toxic for me. I know it still works for for some people, and I've also started asking friends and family if they have anyone nice and single that they could introduce me to, because I hear introductions from friends and family is a really good way to, to meet folks as well. Okay. What about you, Jay? Are you dating? I am not dating. I have gone through the uh, different apps. A couple of successful uh, friendships have blossomed from it. But uh, I don't know, meet people at work, meet people in the grocery store. Um, I think it's a little different, me being a guy, that uh, it just, it's a different set of rules for, for, for a guy. Do you think the guys have the advantage when it comes to the dating arena? Absolutely. Okay, I see Jeanette has joined us. Hi, Jeanette. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining. We were just um, trying to get everybody's age and where they are in their dating life. So Jeanette is a single mother of two. Um, she was married. I think she still is married. Maybe she is separated. But um, are you dating, Jeanette? Yes. And how do you meet dates? What's your way? Of, uh... um, there's never been anything serious that has come from it. I've only really made like a couple of good friends, but I I meet people either um, outside. Um, I've met you know another single parent, a single dad at my kid's school, um, and and dating apps. But it just seems to me, at least, that the dating apps no matter which different ones I try or how much better one says, it, you know, it's meant for dating or it's meant to, to delete the app because, you know, it's 
more serious people or geared towards people who are really truly looking for something, it's like I'm only attracting, it's not so much that I'm attracting what I, I don't want, it's I'm attracting people that only want one thing. And that's not what I'm interested in. I'm looking for an actual relationship. It's hard. It's not easy. It's so I hard. asked the people if they knew um, who Kevin Samuels was. He passed away recently and he was a dating guru. So there's one thing that I, I went and I listened to. I didn't know who he was. So I went back and I, I listened to some of his, uh, his uh, videos on YouTube just to kind of get an understanding. And the one thing I think that like rocked me most that he would say is that um, people over 35, that women, not people, women, because that's who he seems to attack most. And I say attack because that's how I felt listening to his right. videos. Women right. over 35 are um, leftovers. Does anybody feel like that? Like you're a leftover on this? On this I, definitely do, I definitely do not feel that way. And the problem that I have uh, with Kevin Samuels, like you said, he would have a tendency to target black women and make us to feel that if we had prior relationships, if we have prior children, like you said, that we were leftovers or damaged goods. So therefore, we shouldn't worry about maybe withholding, you know, like waiting until that third date, you know, or waiting like to have standards when it came to our bodies, because in his eyes, we've given it up before. So why not just give it up all the time? Like only what he would consider to be a quality woman, a woman who didn't, most likely who didn't have children. Um, and I was just, I'm in totally disagreement, you know, of it, you know, of that, you know, of that ideology. And luckily, I believe that a lot of us here on this call, you know, are, you know, are all over 35. So we're considered quote unquote older, but thank goodness that 49 year old Tiffany heard of Kevin Samuels versus age 29 because I would have been messed up but thank god you know I have the confidence and I I mean I know I'm still a catch I know I'm still worthy you know of finding you know a quality individual and you know you don't want to speak ill of the dead it's not like he mass murdered any children it's not like right. he you know but may you know may he rest in peace I just wasn't in agreement with a lot of things I believe his fame came from the shock value of what he preached. I do too. I do too. I, I do not believe his ideology. I don't think people are left over at all. So I'm going to ask um, Leslie or Terry to chime in. They've been married. So how do you think about women over 35? Do you buy into that? We're left over or damaged goods? Not at all. Absolutely not. At all. I think that everyone at every point in their life is valuable they offer value based on their lived experiences and i to, to classify or put anybody in a box based on timeline is just ridiculous and i don't i i didn't know much about kevin samuels because i probably would have not listened to that nonsense anyway but um <laughs> i think women especially black women we get uh categorized we get stereotypicalized, we get talked about, we, you know, and to try to put us all in some kind of um, construct, you know, it's something that we need to change about ourselves or it's something that we need to do differently. I think that it's sad how they treat us because that's in every aspect of our life, not just dating, it's career. It's like always something that we need to do to change and be, be better to show up. And I think that for the most part, we're all perfect the way we are. And when I mean perfect, I'm not talking about trying to strive for perfection. I'm talking about what I am right now today. I have no desire to um, do anything major or different based on who I am today. I, right. I don't think any woman should. We're all going through this life, this process, and I don't think anybody should change or try to do anything to meet someone's uh, needs or desires. I, I just think it's, it's ridiculous. I agree. Yeah, and, yeah I agree um, with um, Leslie um, and with Tiffany. I think, you know, he was a man that had one opinion. That was his opinion. I didn't listen to him. I had never heard of him before either. But, you know, of course, I've been married for a while. So I typically don't listen to those type of podcasts. Um, 
but I, I agree with Tiffany. I, I just hope there were not a bunch of 20 year old women that became insecure after listening to the nonsense that he had to say. I, it, it sounded like it was a bunch of nonsense and it sounded like he just was saying whatever he needed to say to have ratings. Mm-hmm. And that's all it was. It was just ratings. I don't even know if he believed any half of the stuff that came out of his mouth. What about you, Jay? Do you think women over 35 are um, leftover women and undesirable women? No. If they're not married not a, by, by this time. Leftover, no. Undesirable, no. Um, I I did listen to some of his stuff. And just like um, any belief system, he was an extremist in his belief system on the scale of, I guess, what men and women should be thinking he was he was an extremist as far as uh his thoughts yeah um, i think the same thing everything the other thing, go ahead i'm sorry for everybody and i did there were some things that i did take from it and i mean if you listen to a lot of his podcast he does give uh his podcast started out with him actually uh giving cologne and dressing advice and he was actually just trying to teach men um, how to dress and how to how to carry yourselves in public, how to wear cologne, how to wear a tie, and uh, just a very, once again, a very extreme uh, belief system. If you go back to his earlier things, I mean, he's dressed very, very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but his beliefs were very extreme. Do I believe that 35-year-old women are left over? No, because I'm 38, so that's... I mean, that's like right in my demographic, 30, 30 to 45. I mean, that's like, so leftover, no. Um, Fantastic. I'm glad, bro, that you didn't think that because I don't know no, if I'd be able to no. see anymore. It was, it was <laughs> for everybody. I took, I mean, some things I took from it and I'm like, all right, I I, I like that ideology and that's, that, that stuck with me. But the bashing of people and putting people down, obviously that's, that's it for me coming from a negative place that's not for me so it goes in one ear and out the other what's for me will stick and what's not for me i will uh you know that's might be for someone else so he had another thing that he would say all the time is that women and he always talked to women jay so i don't want to leave you hanging but he also said that women um were too busy trying to date people who we weren't qualified for Anybody want to chime in what they think that means and do they believe? I think that may have been his experience. Maybe he experienced women that weren't qualified in his opinion to date him. I just, I guess, I don't like the fact that, um, does anybody hear an echo? Is that just me? I hear it. I don't hear it. Keep talking. Okay. I just, uh, it annoys me that it's always the woman that has to find herself or figure something out. I think that's so annoying. Well, I don't understand it really, you know, qualify for. So that's what I was going to say, Tracy. I don't, what does he mean by qualified for? I mean, what is this? uh, You know, we're not interviewing i mean it's always a constant interview process but um you know it goes both ways i i I don't quite understand you know what he was getting at there what episode tiffany i watched him um degrade this woman and, and really bash her she called in looking for his dating advice and he constantly asked her well do you think you qualify for this brother and she's like what do you mean by that and then he went into, well, what size are you? And how much money do you make? And is that your natural hair? Are those your eyelashes? So his idea of qualifying for a man, how could a woman ever know who she's qualified for when every man has a different attraction? So I could never understand where he came off on this, you have to qualify. If it was only about finances, that would make sense. You know, it's not likely that a billionaire is going to be dating somebody who's making $35,000 a year. So maybe if that's who you're looking for, you don't qualify for that. But all of these other things that he would bring into um, 
the needs, they don't make sense. They're very superficial to me, very superficial. Jeanette, did you have an opportunity to uh, listen to any of Samuel's stuff? I have, and I definitely um, felt attacked listening to it. I do think that there are things that he has said that might be true, but a lot of it, anything that he has said that I felt that was true, there's definitely a, a different way he could have he could have had a different approach. But the like way what? He, Give me an example. Um, things that he would say like about being, you know, ready to be in a relationship. Because he, I have heard him talk about stuff like that. Like, have you healed? Do you have baggage? Do you have trauma? You know, are you are you a single parent? Are you okay taking care of your kids without a man? Do you have to have a man? And but it was the way that he would say it. It was the tone of his voice. It was like he was attacking you, saying that, you know, if you have two kids, then you have no business dating. No man wants somebody else's children. Is that true, and Jay? I, no man wants another woman's children. I mean, if you have the option of the two, having your own children or raising another man's children, I think just uh, nature, your DNA says that. I mean, obviously, you want to raise your own children right. because you want your bloodline to carry on. You want your last name to carry on. So, I mean, do this I have is another double standard? I think. I think this is a double standard because I think women, men that come with children, women are expected to be the nurturers and take care of those. What do you think, Janice? I agree. I agree. It's a double standard. Um, I agree. Uh, with regards to Kevin Samuels, I, it sounds like it was a lot of mind manipulation um, and, and also shock value. But I agree about the double standard with regards to children. We, we're supposed to be welcoming with open arms, um, but then you have men pulling back um, from women who have children. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Doesn't. So what do we do? Does everybody want to be married? And then that's the thing that Kevin Samuels also thinks that that's the ultimate goal, you know, being married. Terry and Leslie, do you think marriage is is the place for us single people to be and we're missing out? Well, it's it's a different time and space from when we got married. Leslie and I got married in the 80s. <laughs> It was a lot different than the 20s. Um, back then, that was um, what was expected. That was a quote-unquote norm that you, you know, grew up, maybe went to college, if not, or not, and you went and got a good job, and then you were supposed to get married and have 2.5 kids and buy a house and have the dog. And, you know, it was this whole little neat little picture you know, all wrapped up in a bow. I don't think expectations are like that right now. And so is marriage what everybody should do? Maybe, maybe not. I can't say. I think it's a different space and time. I, I think people, me and Leslie got married in our 20s. Um, I don't know if a lot of 20-year-olds are looking to get married right now. It's just a different space and time. Okay. I don't know. I, I see a lot. Go ahead, Les. I'm sorry. Um, I I want to go back to what Jay said in terms of um having being in a relationship with someone who already has children and and vice versa. I think that a lot of um times when people have their standard or belief, like. It sounded like when Jay was making his comment, it was almost like he got dismissed and everybody went to, it's a double standard. There's women out there that would prefer to date a man that doesn't have children. So I think it's what somebody's preference is. Now, in terms of people being married, like marriage is not easy, right? I sometimes envy 
the way single women can move through this world and not have to, you know, commingle finances if that's how people are living or have to worry about, not worry about, but just, you know, that whole idea of sharing a life, sharing a space, sharing everything with another person. And it, there's some days like I'm just tired and then I just want to go to bed and I don't want to have a conversation or I don't want to make dinner or I don't want to, not that that's something that I have to do, but I think that sometimes single women get to move in such a way that it's enviable. And I, you know, I don't, I think that marriage is when the time is right, you found the right person. I don't think anybody should be looking to do something at a certain stage in their life. It's got to be something that feels so right that that's what you want to do. Okay. It just seems like, you know, everywhere I turn, it's, oh, you're not married. Oh, well, marriage, like that's, that's what, that's, you know, that's the thing that you're working towards. That is your goal to be married. And it's not that I don't want to be married. I've been married before. Um, I would like to be in a relationship, you know, and we talked to touched on this a couple of weeks ago too, you know, why am I single? And to be honest, I've been reviewing and, and digging deep and I really don't know. I really believe I just haven't met the right person. Um, that's what I believe, but I see a lot of talk about marriage on my timeline and it seems like that's what everybody's going to do. You get the same thought, Tiffany? You know what, Tracy, like I said, I've, I've been, you know, I've been married before. Marriage is, marriage is not easy. Um, you know, with everything, you know, there's pros and cons. For me, I'm at the point in my life where I would be open to it if it came to me again, but it's not something I'm actively seeking right now. Uh, and I think, and I think you and I may have discussed it uh, before, Tracy. It's like I have a wonderful life. I have a wonderful job. I have great children. You know who you know, and I have the best circle of friends ever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tracy being, in, you know, Tracy being included in that, and and you and I mean, and Tracy, you know me a little bit more of my personal journey with me losing my sister a couple of years ago where you really have to look at those wonderful aspects that you have in your life and not dwell so much on, oh, I don't have a man. I have too many things that are going on right in my life to dwell on the fact that, you know, a man is missing. A relationship will come. A man, you know, will come if that's the way that my life is to be in. But like I said, I, you know, outside of that, I have a fantastic life, so... That's good. That's good, uh, Tiffany. That's how I feel. I feel like, you know, if it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I have a fantastic circle of friends. Same thing, Tiff. Same exact thing. Um, Janice, I'm wondering about you. How do you feel? Do you like feel like, because you've never been married, right? Right, right. I've never been married. I've come close a couple of times. I, I don't feel like my life is unfulfilled. I've had great loves in my life. I've lost great loves in my life. I feel as you do, Tracy, uh, should that time come, um, I would welcome it and, and, and embrace it, but I'm happy. Um, my sister, who is just a couple of years younger than me, she is sworn off of men. Like, well, she's not, you know, she's not gone to the other side or anything, but I, she has really just kind of closed down. And I'm not like that. And sometimes she chides me about being hopeful but that, I mean, that's the only way I can be hopeful. I'm not going to shut down like she has, but I'm, I'm open to it, but I'm happy. My, I'm, I feel fulfilled. Good. But what about you, Jay? You've never been married. I know you were in a long-term relationship, but do you feel like that's something that you're missing out on and you really need to get married to be happy and whole? Absolutely not. Uh, I was in a very long-term relationship, uh, 17, 18 years. And, um, it was it was great it was it was great it was, it was a learning experience but these past five years i've learned more about myself and i've found in more inner peace i'm mm -hmm. completely okay right now um i'm open to marriage because i i know what that was like but at the same time like i'm i don't know it's it's exciting right now learning a new me 
because I've never been 38 before. And last time I was, I was 17 or 18. So this is all, this is all new to me and it's fun. And it's, it's, it's an adventure. I'm learning how to be by myself. I'm learning how to um, interact with, with other people. When you're in a relationship, you've got to conduct yourself differently with the opposite sex versus when you're single, you can have a little bit more fun. And I know that might sound a little selfish, but I'm enjoying my life and having a lot more fun now. And I don't know. It's just, it's exciting. I Good. Did the- it's it's I- not selfish. You're supposed to enjoy your life. So I, I get it. And it was, it was amazing. I would never take that away from her, but um, this is all new to me and I'm liking the new me. I'm liking learning new things. You know what I mean? I don't know. When you're a kid and you're in a relationship, it's different than when you're uh, an adult and you're, I don't know, coming into your own self for a better terminology, I guess. It's, 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 it's fun. It's interesting. It's scary. But I know you're enjoying the ride. Right. And I don't want to settle. I don't want to just jump into a relationship. I, kind of feel like I did that being 18 and I don't want to say that I just jumped into a relationship but I I mean I was a kid I didn't know what I wanted and I mean we're all adults here at 17 18 if you got a girlfriend you're probably only got like one or two things on your mind you're not thinking about a future or or how to establish yourself or set up a foundation or nothing and it just it kind of got caught up and we just kind of went with the flow for 17 years um Mm -hmm. But this is, like I said, this this single me uh, learning how to navigate work and the kids, and uh, it's it's all new to me. It's all new to me, and I'm in I'm enjoying the ride. I don't necessarily want to get into a relationship. If it happens, cool. But if it doesn't, I'm also very okay with that. That's good. And Jeanette, what about you? I. Do not feel like I'm missing out on anything. Um, I am happy. I have not been at peace with myself like I am now in so long. And it it finally feels like it feels good. I get, you know, like a lot of the things that Jay said, I I 100% agree. I'm, you know, getting to know myself. And I, I have been married before. I got married incredibly young. I got married when I was 22. And it was absolutely to the wrong person, um, but I don't. I won't say I regret it. I, I definitely would like to get married again one day, but it's not something I'm rushing. Okay, all right. Well, I want to get married tomorrow, but if it doesn't happen, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not one of those women that walk around. I don't need a man. No, I need a man. I absolutely need a man. You know mm-hmm. because. As Jay said, we're all adults here. At some point, you do want some hugs and kisses. And I'm not the chick that can just hug and kiss anybody. There's got to be feelings involved. So, um, you know, I'm hopeful. I'm absolutely hopeful. I don't buy into anything that Mr. Samuel says. I think he was the shock value kind of man. And I believe in Black love. I absolutely believe in Black love. Not to say that I've never dated outside my race or that I wouldn't date outside my race, but Black love gets a lot of heat, and I still believe that it's there, it exists, and I think we're going to be fine. I think yeah. we're going to be fine in the love department. Well, I'm I starting to think do. that maybe me and Jay are the same person because everything he said is like, yes, that's me. It's like, I, you know, I welcome the idea of love, but it's like I was a wife for 11 years. It's like my youngest is 16, but my oldest is 28. So I've been a mom for a long time, and this is the first time in my life where I can be about Tiffany. It's like I eat where Tiffany wants to eat. I go where Tiffany wants to go. And, you know, if it gets to a point where, you know, I invite somebody, you know, into my life and we share on the journey together, I think that that's great. I think that that's beautiful. But right now, I so enjoy being able to explore once for myself without feeling guilty. I'm hearing some background noise. So if you're not talking, can you mute yourself? Thank you very much. And Tracy, um, I hear from friends sometimes um, and, and acquaintances, 
that, oh, if you're single for too long, it's, it's detrimental because then it's harder to commit because you're in this zone and you, it's harder to let someone in. And I, I'm so not um, buying that. I don't know how others on the phone feel about that. But like you become, you start closing down. I don't feel closed down, but I think being single as long as I've been single, um, you you get you you form a habit, mm-hmm. and moving like Tiffany said, moving in the directions that you want to move in becomes your habit, and then reprogramming yourself to consider somebody else. Well, maybe that's not their favorite restaurant, and they don't want to eat there. You know, I think it'll take time to come out of that, but I think for the right person moving in that direction where you're more considerate for somebody else, it's not going to be a hard process. And I don't, I don't believe in if you've been single for so long, it's, it's too hard to um, switch. I think if the right person comes along, you'll be ready to swing from the ceiling on the ceiling fan and whip around, do whatever it is because it's right. And it feels good. You know, Oh, oh I agree. what Les? I'm a woman of a certain age and I'm not swinging from nothing. Okay. That's <laughs> all that, you know, things hurt when I walk, when I move and I won't be swinging. Not swinging. So if, if for the single people and the married people, you know, cause married people, I believe you guys have a lot to give, you know, you have a lot of information, you've gone through some stuff. So if there was one thing that you would tell people, anybody can answer this about relationships and how to cultivate one. What advice would you give? I'll pick the people. Let's start with Terry. Said how, how to cultivate a relationship, um, how to cultivate a relationship. I think you just have to be willing to do whatever you are asking the other person to do. So if you're asking them to be open and truthful, you need to be open and truthful. Yeah. So that's it for me. Whatever you're asking of that other person, you need to be that in your, within yourself as well. All right, Janice, how about you? I, I think that I, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of my sister again and, and the mistake she's made and I've made, I think it's, it's all about compromise it's not like well I'm going to do this and I'm not budging I think you should be willing to meet that person halfway if it makes sense okay and Jay how about you what do you think what would you tell someone being that I was like I said I was in a relationship for a very long time and I've done a lot of self-reflecting and communication, definitely communication, compromise, uh, two of the biggest things I can say, honestly, that, I mean, as long as you can openly communicate with that person, openly communicate with that person. And um, yeah, definitely just uh, compromise. Okay. Given and... give and take. Okay. Jeanette, what do you what would you say? Um like Jay said, um, communication and compromise. You ha- you have to. It can't always be about, you know, what you want, where you want to go, what you want to do. You have to compromise and give in. But I also feel like if you want it to work, you can't go into a relationship expecting the other person to make you happy. You have to be happy in your own life already because you can't depend on someone else to make you happy. That's a good one. And Tiffany? Um, Once again, just like everybody else said, communication is key. But another thing is loving a person when you get into a relationship, loving who they are in that moment. You can't go into a relationship with someone thinking that you are essentially going to change them or change them to what you want to be. You have to love them, you know, for who they are. And I think that that's very important. I agree. And I think um, being vulnerable, I think if you're not ready to be vulnerable, 
um, it's going to be tough because I think the growth is in the vulnerability and staying together and being together like my two best friends here, 35 and 33, Terry, years, there's a lot of vulnerability in all of that. And, you know, and everything else that you guys said, the same things, communication and compromise, you need all of that to make it work. So I am so glad that you all took the time to come and chit chat with us. And I'm also glad that we don't have some heavy duty Kevin Samuel um, supporters because we would have had to end <laughs> some friendships and I want to do that. So um, thanks everybody. Anybody have any closing words they want to say about love? Just be open to it. And, and when it comes, receive it. Thank you, Tiffany. All right, that's it. This is Love Talk. Love Talk for everyday people. Thank you for listening and have a good night. Thanks,